of uh, Girl Collective Podcast. Um, we are doing our intro at the end so that we can talk about what we've just been talking about. Uh, but my name is Fiona Williams and um, I am a jewellery maker, designer um, of resin jewellery uh, for Call Me Fee. Um, who wants to introduce themselves next? I'll go next. <laughs> Hello. My name is Louise David. Uh, my brand is Ludi Loves. I'm a printmaker, designer, fabric designer and maker. Uh, and I'm Emily Taylor, Emily J. Taylor if you want to search for me. Um, I'm a character designer and illustrator and my brand is Egypts. You can find me on Instagram at Egypts, which is E-J-I-T-S. <laughs> I don't know if we should keep this in. That was this, we were going to say that at the end as well. Oh, <laughs> we're going to keep it in though. I like it. Anyway, um, so <laughs> um, oh dear. we we regularly get together. Um, we have been doing it for quite a few years in terms of encouraging each other. We make very different things, so it means that we can be very honest with each other about how our journey's going. Give great opinions on terms of what we've been, what we show each other. It's a bit of a show and tell, sob, celebrate, excitements. Um, oh, I sob. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we've decided to uh, to break this into into the world and see if anyone else wants to, to join us in, in listening to what we've got to say. Um, so today we've been looking at Black Friday yeah. and all the joys and there's a lot of me coughing and yeah um, we've got some sickness in the room yeah. so uh sorry about that <laughs> i'm gonna try and edit it out but if if there's still some in there that's it's probably some of us mm. at one point um then we went to christmas lists christmas lists we've built uh some extremely good and useful christmas lists for artists yeah and how to how to support your fellow artists <laughs> somehow <laughs> Basically, we've written our own Christmas list for, for Santa, <laughs> and we're hoping that our partners are listening and friends and family are yeah, listening. Totally. Um, and then our last topic was a more rambly one, but we started off by looking at Christmas markets and selling at them, and whether they were a venture for us mm. uh, or not. Yeah, and we kind of ended up really looking at how to make some decisions about whether you do actually sell at a Christmas market and how to ensure that you get value out of where you're putting your energies in terms mm. of reaching your customer. So uh, enjoy the podcast. Girl Collective. Girl Collective. Girl Collective. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> um always that awkward thing but there are many podcasts i listen to they don't really know how to start um so we can just get cracking i uh, yeah we could i really like that um 
I can never remember what they're called. Is it the reluctant feminine? I want to call them reluctant feminists. The guilty, guilty, guilty feminists. And they always do that. Um, I'm a feminist, but yeah. thing. Yeah, I love that. And I was thinking about that, like, I'm an artist, but... <laughs> I was just thinking, there is no but with, yeah. with that. Because uh, being an artist gives you the excuse, actually, to do whatever you like. I'm an artist. And. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's what we do. I'm an artist and my entire house is full of artist supplies. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Although, um Adam Buxton's podcast, he's sneaky and puts the microphone on before they started. Yeah. The amount of times um, that, like, his guest will be like, have you started recording? And he'll be like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's ten minutes in, and I'm like, nice, good work. <laughs> I like that sounds of making tea. Yeah, Just totally. having a little chat. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, what date is it? Early December. Mm. Um, we've just gone past... Uh, the American tradition of uh, Thanksgiving and Black Friday. Black Friday. Um, <laughs> which I'm I'm pretty sure everybody knows what Black Friday is. The amount By of now. advertisement I have seen and heard. Um, Come straight to your inbox. Yeah, <laughs> you can. Inbox, radio, uh, online, TV, stores, everywhere. So uh, if you don't know what Black Friday is... How I I I amaze your skills. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. And year on year, it's it's expanded and expanded, mm. isn't it? So mm. it used to be about electrical goods, and yeah. um, you know there were all those scenes outside curries, um, which no longer exists anymore. Interestingly. Um, curry slash PC World. Yeah, they kind of merged and, it together. Yeah. I hope together, but yeah. But, you know, people yeah. leaping yeah, over each other thing. to get yeah, to yeah. huge TVs that look ridiculous in their tiny yeah. little houses. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so what do you think about Black Friday in terms of your own small business? Because I think that there is a real uh, impact on mm. small businesses, artist businesses, uh, makers, artisans. How do you feel about the this overwhelming crush mm. of sale, sale, discounts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, generally, I've tried to ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> and I've done that quite successfully, I think. <laughs> Although this this year it started creeping into... Um, so I sell on, on Etsy, and it started mm. creeping into Etsy going, join our sale, join our Black Friday sell you know sell some of your stuff at discount and on etsy i don't know how people do that because they're a lot of them already underselling themselves quite yeah totally quite in a big way so um yeah i i i agree with a lot of what i see when people are talking about boycotting it in favor of shopping independent um i'm not obviously if if there's something I want and it's in the sale, I will buy it. But personally, in terms of my own business, I I don't join in. I'm just no, mm. no, because I can't I can't sell my stuff for any cheaper. I already feel the pressure of selling it at um, a price point that it's is probably undervalued because 
just generally it's difficult to sell stuff <laughs> mm. which yeah. I think there's a real issue around how people value handmade crafted work whether it's art or artisanal mm. or food mm. um, or furniture or whatever it is jewellery yeah. that there's so much that is very ultra cheap and mass produced yeah. where uh, and large companies can heavily discount and the reason they can heavily discount they're still making a profit uh, because they have, the prices are inflated to, to start with and I think that, that consumers have an expectation of value for money which has been completely skewed by those big companies heavily discounting. So then we create this culture around Black Friday and Cyber Monday that we then are being sucked into. Yeah. Uh, because Etsy, make no mistake, is a big business mm. and it um, works for them for their uh, people who are on Etsy to discount because then they are making more money mm. they're still taking they're still taking the same the fees they're still taking yeah. they're not discounting no. they're not heavily discounting by 60 percent mm. um, which was one of the emails that they sent out they were you know they were encouraging mm. they were use, they were bandying that figure about mm. Not, no, not necessarily that's telling you, but that's a massive, it is a, yeah, it's a massive uh, cut. cut into um, your profit yeah. with yeah, no equivalency on Etsy's side to give you 60% discount on the amount that they're taking yeah. out of your sales. So, so this culture has been created and we have to figure out, artists have oh. to, and makers have to figure out where to sit um, and there's lots of people the backlashes don't engage and um, I read a couple of um, counters to that and I which I, and I thought they were really valid um, encouraging people to if you want to push Black Friday away and you don't want to get involved in that then why not use that as an opportunity to go and seek out your local sellers and yeah. makers and artists and buy something from them, something of value, something that's been crafted where you actually eyeball the person who's made it. You, can, you come away with a piece that has meaning mm -hmm. and that you're cho that's unique, that you have chosen, and the value of that is huge. Buy less. Mm. pay a bit more yeah maybe <laughs> and um uh, but give uh, but give something give something of value and i think that we can engage at that point mm -hmm. uh so we we have to we have to sell our work we need to sell our work across <laughs> Black Friday and Cyber Monday because these are key buying, yeah. you know, key no, buying dates. Of course yeah. they are, absolutely. So we have to figure out a way of 
subverting mm. Black Friday, Cyber Monday to our own advantage. We're artists, for heaven's sake, and that's exactly we. That's what we should be doing. We're subversives. We should be the ones leading the charge. Yeah. We should be the ones providing the alternative and um, and engaging with our customers. And that's the other thing I wanted to say about that as well, is if you understand who your customer is and where they hang out and where they play and how they like to buy and who they like to buy from, the likelihood is that there isn't a huge percentage of your customers that are spending all their dollar in Black Friday sales. Mm. I'm not sure that that's the same profile. I don't know mm. how much of a crossover there, you know, there there is. Exactly as as you said, Emily. If you were going to be buying a big TV this year, then you might wait yeah. for Black Friday yeah. so that you would get a deal if the deal is legitimate, because there's some question about that. Fair enough, um, but. But the, this sort of this sort of ravening consumerism that Black Friday and Cyber Monday promotes, and the behaviour of people around that mm. as well, um, I find really distasteful and shocking, and I really don't yeah. want to get involved. I, especially I, in a in a time where we're being told not to give in to consumerism because we need to take care of this planet mm. <laughs> and the, um, mass-produced goods that are bought for cheap and thrown away easily is, you know, it's old hat. We shouldn't be doing that sort of behaviour. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. And I, that, I think that's it. It's like, if you're cool and if you're really switched on, then constantly buying the latest newest thing updating it is really yeah. it's really uncomfortable mm. uh, buying yeah plastic tat it's that's gonna end up in landfill mm. what about buying a beautiful piece of jewelry that will then be handed on to somebody else you know that's mm. that you know that, that actually has worth and and, and, and is crafted yeah. and, that you, and that you wear and that you know your niece or your nephew or your son or whoever mm. you know wears down the somewhere down the line what about doing that mm. about buying a piece of art that stays on your wall and then gets you know and at the very least, <laughs> shredded up for fire to put on the fire <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a completely environmentally yeah. friendly way. I thought you meant in the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the world, yeah. we all have these things that we can burn. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I do think it's that the attitudes, isn't it, that I struggle with. And I think also for someone who's like a fledgling in terms of creating for then purchase for other for other others um being able to um uh, leisurely put things up on online for sale um and i had every in, you know every notion to want to do that um but then as consumerism uh, uh, friday came came closer and closer 
I just got more and more stubborn. I felt myself kind of going, no, I don't even want to take pictures of what I've created mm. because I don't want to be responsible for putting them up. Even if I wasn't going to enter into a sale. That's in interesting. Terms, yeah. I just was, and, and it, it just frustrated me in terms of I didn't want to be part of that machine. We, and it annoyed we me. We do sort of sit on this, um, s- sit on this line, don't we? Because, mm. like we use acrylics in our artwork and you use resin and floor and you know although we don't we try not to we try to waste as little as possible Mm. there is like it's definitely crossed my mind before I'm like I'm trying to produce artwork but also be very mindful of that Mm. of using the right sorts of materials and uh, not wasting, you know, materials. Um, yeah. There's definitely, it's quite a difficult line to balance sometimes. Yeah. Um, and in terms of like, w- to a certain extent, my my stuff in particular, I sometimes think is quite frivolous. If you're going to buy it, it's like it's not something useful necessarily. It's a nice piece of art. So, mm. um, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's almost like treading that line. Mm. We we have. We have quite. Like, I've got quite strong opinions about consumerism, and I'm quite minimalist. And to, I have to really love something to have mm. it in my life and have it in my home. Um, and yet, I'm like asking people to buy my stuff. <laughs> buy my stuff too. It's a strange like but what dichotomy. We're is, what we're asking is people to say, do if you love mm. this that I've created, then you can have it. Yeah. It obviously comes as a transaction. Yeah. But it, you're asking, we're inviting people to be uh, passionate about mm. what we've created. And that's if they true. like it, then that's fantastic. Um, and I guess that's the difference between us and huge brands that have high street sales mm. or online boosts. And I guess that's where the frustration of, of market sellers, um, you know, it's not it, on the high street yeah. and, and Etsy and all it's the others seeing, that are on there. It's seeing that sort of mindless buying yeah. when you're sat there going, but I've got I've got something that is meaningful mm, mm. and I want you to buy that instead. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I think we are at the risk of, in some ways, overthinking it. Mm. For me, and you know I'm a bit more hardline about some of this stuff, we... Uh, make and create products and we put a lot of our heart and soul and creativity into those and we are attempting to make a living and that's all we're asking to do is make a living we're not asking to make (coughs) massive profits we're not asking you know we're not um we don't have shareholders to keep happy and it's the it's the greed of the shareholders (coughs) that that drives these huge um, big sale, this big sale culture. But it, what it, but what it is doing, is it's educating consumers into believing that they should always have available to them something for very little. They so they have very little sense of the value or the cost of what it is they're buying the cost in terms of child labor the cost in terms of forests the cost in terms of the environment the cost in terms of stuff going into landfill the cost in terms of um you know 
I know where money goes, pick an industry and yeah. an industry. I suppose we're not really comparable in that sense. No, so I think, yeah, mm. don't over, um, you know, analyse that. Yeah. Absolutely be mindful of not wasting things, absolutely be mindful of recycling. I, all the pa- If I cut down a print, I've come home with all the bits of paper they'll be used in something i'm not quite sure what yet but they will be something they'll be printed on and woven into a a, a different piece um eventually and i keep in i keep all of the uh, scraps from sewing i keep all of the cottons from sewing and i um i create a new fabric with it um it has to be you know sort of like a there's a couple of things that you can do it to create new and interesting um, fabric with it the point is I don't chuck all of that mm, out mm. and I I'm I'm, try, I'm trying my best to <coughs> re um, to, to to make work and to and to limit the impact the environmental impact that I, that I have uh, I'm a I'm a printer and the fact of the matter is that's a very water heavy Mm. uh, but it amazes me Um, there's small things that you can do by like not leaving the tap running while when you're cleaning something (laughs) it's really simple use a sponge boom done don't need the water on but people are people still do it I see it happening in the studio all, all, all the time there's lots of small ways that you can do that but that's not the issue we have to sell. Mm. We are selling in an environment where Black Friday and Cyber Monday happens. We find it, a lot of people find it, incredibly counterproductive mm. and distasteful. And the thing that, from the political side of it, for me, is the training of consumers to behave in a way that is absolutely counter to all of the major drives that we have um, of the day, which is about protecting our environment and mm. and, and and limiting mm. um, the, limiting what we buy, and where artists then have a role is right. All right, if you decide that you're not going to be buying every little tchotchke that comes your way, and that you're actually going to have something that is of value, then go and buy locally. Find the artists to you locally and buy something. Buy something incredible, buy something beautiful, buy something that has meaning and spend your money that way. And that piece will stay with you and it won't end up in a tip, Mm. Um, you know, and it, as you say, or else it will, you know, go up in smoke when the apocalypse comes. uh, (laughs) Or make a raft. I think the other thing is um, if you don't want to engage with Black Friday and Cyber Monday Mm. is to um, have your um, big drive for the season either before or after just literally shut down over that week pop up before and pop up after yeah. <clears throat> and find a way to market it that's cute that acknowledges it but but 
absolutely shows that you're you know offering an, an alternative mm-hmm. you know we could have so you have black friday and cyber monday you could have buy local wednesday you know what i mean you yeah yeah do i that. do i do love the idea of some sort of or it being it becoming some sort of campaign to shop independent around that time yeah is a counter sort of you know argument to black mm. friday and as, like, just a card, they would be a yeah. really obvious uh, group to, you know, gel around. They're really, really promoting that yeah, idea. Yeah, they do. And there are lots of individual artists who are really eloquent about it as well. I've seen, I've seen quite a few mm. people on um, Instagram particularly making really uh, impassioned um, pleas for buying from artisans. What I find interesting about what Just a Card say as well is that um, they they find it difficult to penetrate any further than the people who would already like sort of think that way anyway. Trying to get it out to a wider audience, it seems quite difficult. Well, yeah, I guess that makes sense, and they would have to crowdfund for a marketing campaign that went beyond Mm. just ig. You know, and I think you end up thinking that the only world out there is ig and social media, and it's nonsense, actually. Yeah, yeah. Girl Collective. Girl Collective. Girl Collective. What's next? Well, we were going to talk about what to buy your artist pal for. Christmas. It does seem a bit strange to go straight into that now, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like, don't buy it. But no, uh, what we were talking about is is buying for the buying's sake. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Oh, no, this would this be is like the day that everything's got a sale, so I'm going to buy everything because it's cheap. Yeah. Rather than. Or so with that in mind, what did you buy <laughs> <laughs> for an artist? Buy independent. <laughs> Yeah, buy independent. There we go. Down. <laughs> independent artist shops. There must, yeah. yeah, there must still be around. Uh, there's definitely a few online. Um, uh, we were talking about approaching this in terms of like, well, what would we like? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the only way to approach it. Yeah, we are artists. We can answer this <laughs> yeah. fully, well and well and truly. Um, Sophie, what's on your list? What's on my list? What's on your list? Um, I would definitely like some. Uh, a voucher for getting more um, acrylic uh, acrylics cut, so I can make more molds. Like in terms of what gives me the freedom, I can can I can the, my design process in terms of how I make molds for my jewellery. Um, I've I've nailed that, and again, I'm very excited about that. Um, but it's uh, it is an expense in terms of creating that mold. So if someone can give me a voucher for when I'm ready to then get acrylics cut that would be it's a really basic kind of can I have a voucher please um, <coughs> I certainly think, yeah, hated that as a child it I was always a voucher cute. but um like I would definitely now I'm just like yeah I'd be quite happy with that if you want to allocate that money for me to be a, a side to that yeah <laughs> that'd be number one I'll come back <laughs> I was thinking that's very modest yeah my number one is hard, cold hard cash, thanks. That's what you can give yeah. me for Christmas. I would be perfectly happy with that. Mm. I've bought Always. myself a Christmas present already. <laughs> uh, which is those um, 
Stuart Simple culture oh, hustle. Yeah. I'm um, envious of those potions. Yeah, I might put those on my Christmas well, list. Well, um, that's because I sold the uh, print uh, yeah. that I uh, submitted to the uh, RWA uh, in Bristol for, and uh, I with the fairly modest. <laughs> <laughs> profit that I made I, uh, I thought Ooh, I'm going to have this yeah, and they the are so they're so gorgeous and they're so lush yeah. I think yeah. and what it made me realise is yeah if I'm making if I'm going to be making work to sell mm. then using high or oh, the other thing I love about it we were talking about um, environmentally uh environmental consciousness you know he, he they make small batches of the um the the inks paint um so these are just 100 mil um, bottles yeah. and uh, but they're so highly pigmented that they go a long way and so whilst they're relatively expensive compared to other inks that you can buy it's buying from a small maker, an artisanal maker. They are absolutely gorgeous. I am absolutely sure that when I start using them in the screens, they're going to be just beautiful. And I hope that, that what that will mean is that they'll inspire me to make amazing work, which people will buy from me. <laughs> well, you say that they're expensive, but I, actually, that's not that's not that expensive. I've bought some quite professional grade acrylics before and they've been around the same price yeah but, no they're more mm. expensive compared to the standard yeah. um system three I yeah think it is, isn't which it? But, i don't yeah. rate very highly really. it's perfectly fine for screen printing yeah. though mm. in fact it's um yeah most um a lot of screen printers use them a lot yeah. of screen printers use the the, the golden um, yeah, as golden well. golden's good because of their pigmentation. Yeah. For and it painting. entirely depends. <laughs> fees like, Sorry, fees we're, like, we're geeking God, out on acrylics like, now. Yeah. I mean, I just got my acrylics from the range. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> geeking out over yeah, acrylics. Post paints. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as they haven't got water in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope it's a rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it is a rabbit hole. So I have bought myself a. a Christmas present. So, if anyone were to be buying me a Christmas present this year, I, dear Father Christmas, <laughs> I should I like <laughs> a large uh, silk screen um, because I, at the moment I use small screens and um, feel like such an amateur when I'm at the studio with my tiny little screens. So, I'd like a really big one, please. And uh, I would also like to go and see pretty much every exhibition that's on in London yeah. at the moment in terms oh, of... Uh, that would be a good one. Yeah. There's just so many beautiful things happening um, up in town. Mm. So I would like a trip to London and um, an art pass. <laughs> Thank you. I have a f probably have a few things on my wish list. <laughs> um, I would like I really like uh, Windsor and Newton Series Seven brushes. They last for ages, so I'd want some new brushes. 
because I'm doing a lot more painting now, um, I want to do some, next year my plan is to do some big mural uh, pieces. I'm, I've booked to do an exhibition, so I want to do several large pieces, so I, I've also got, I'd also quite like a projector, so I can project my designs. How big is large? Um, well, <laughs> I think the biggest, biggest pieces I can fit in there are... Um, like three meters. <coughs> yeah, big. <laughs> wow, because I was thinking that I want to start printing big as well, but um, like not three meters. <laughs> so you'd, you'd rack up the miles if you were to yeah. screen, you know, move oh, a yeah, screen yeah. print every three for three meters every. I don't know how you. Yeah, you'd need a you'd need a, a big you'd need a completely different approach to yeah. screen printing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that size, I don't know how you'd fit the. Paper, yeah, no. I don't think you'd use a rig. I think you'd just like no, 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 no. <laughs> just no. <laughs> I am going to try screen printing on the wall upstairs, so I could go big there. That'd be fun. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, I always want paints. Paints are always good. I like. Uh, thing is, though, with buying artists' paints, is you've got to know what they like to use. So. Um, I do. I like Golden and Liquitex, and um, I want to start doing spray painting. So they're expensive. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I like Golden and Liquitex too, but I can't afford them, so I don't. Yeah. So I don't business with them. Yeah, they are. But without going down the acrylic rabbit hole again, yeah, they, are. they are very nice to use. They are <laughs> We'll have a whole podcast. Trying to think. Nice yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paint we are liking. This a twenty, a 20 yeah. extra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On paint. Uh, I think that's, that's. I think that's kind of sums it up. Sums me up. But you were saying, Emily, that the thing to buy is not to it, it is, is not to yeah. Well, the thing is, people people work in very particular ways, and I think unless you know what they like to use and how they like to do it, it's really difficult to buy for an artist because you can you can get it quite wrong. <laughs> oh, that's really true. My mum is an artist, a watercolorist, and my sister and I have often bought her various bits and pieces. It's all wrong. Yeah. So we just get her vouchers now. Vouchers. The can, vouchers is the way yeah, forward. She can, <laughs> she can get whatever she wants. Yeah. Then. When you were, when you were saying like um, about how like asking the artist in terms of what they would actually like, mm. I had the idea. It was a very quick thought process in my head. I was like, I had the idea of well, maybe if you can peek into someone's supply cupboard, <laughs> yeah. that will give you the idea. But then I was thinking, actually, the things that are left in their supply cupboard are probably things that they don't want to use oh, anymore that's true. Um, because. Like, but they can't throw it away, so you keep it all. All the stuff that's left in that cupboard, well, probably is their go-to place um, to getting supplies. There'll probably be a lot of things that you'd be like, oh yeah, I can get her some more of those because, you know, she's clearly running out of that stuff. When actually, actually, you've actually on had it for five years, <laughs> thinking at some point I'll probably go around and using that again, but I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. we do. So we do have a we cupboard, do have a slight hoarder sort of. Uh, <laughs> Course, but only when it comes to like art supplies. Yeah. I've got a whole room full of art supplies, nothing else. <laughs> I think 
think the other thing is is that artists tend to indulge themselves in their yeah. in their supply habit because there's something quite n- quite exciting about buying yeah, it and trying it. So. Mm. so I also think a great ideas are subscriptions so my mum buys me a subscription to pressing matters which is a locally created print specific beautiful um i mean everything about you can imagine because it's it's made by printers so just everything Mm -hmm. about the smell of it the look of it the quality of the paper it's just gorgeous Mm. thing and um my mum and it's uh, my mum buys me a subscription for that every every year um it's really easy for her because she's abroad and Mm -hmm. so it's really straightforward so i think subscriptions are really good but art books are really good Mm -hmm. because they're expensive and yeah that's um and but definitely experiences as well so you know i think you're the artist in your native soul who you know like a annual subscription to the arboretum Mm, yeah would be just as fantastic as a boatload of paints. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how that. much money you've got. There's not, <laughs> enough, there's not enough photo in trees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe no. not. I mean, I would love to do a full range. I do love, like... Maybe not you, Fee. Yeah, okay. I can appreciate many a handbag. Would That's what I would... Uh, Ticket to Drag Race. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would, that, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, like, the cherry would be, like, the opportunity to present one of my <gasps> How cool glorious creations to a, a beautiful, beautiful person. <laughs> yeah, that would be my Christmas. Oh, you know, 2020 Christmas, that would be fine. <laughs> a year's time, let's make that happen. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> there you go, friends and family. That's, yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All you need to know. <laughs> this is, it feels incredibly indulgent. This yeah. is, this yeah. is, <coughs> hello, hello, Podge. If you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> I should like the following thing. Girl Collective. Girl Collective. Girl Collective. So I can I can start with with the confession that we with we slash I just took too long to apply to a Christmas uh, for a for a, a market in terms of us selling collectively and it just never happened. Oh, we, I had actually forgotten about that. <laughs> <laughs> so we were going to yes. go and try and sell we were, we at, were. at a market that was on a, sat- on a Sunday, which is logistically markets are really tricky to kind of juggle with with a, a normal life yeah. um, and selling things. Mm. So I'd kind of... I've sold at markets a couple of years ago when I had time was a little bit more flexible, but now I work in a job that actually I have to work most weekends. Well, it's hard, isn't yeah. it? Because it's like you're then working six or seven days a week, not to mention the amount of prep that's involved yeah, in yeah. getting ready for a market. Yeah, and then doing it. Mm. Um, so we, we'd we found a market that was on a Sunday, but I left it too late to apply, so they were already full. Um, and didn't even get an acknowledgement that I'd contacted them to say, can we, can we join you, please? <laughs> so um, I've not done any markets for at least 18 months, not, if not two years now. Uh, for me personally, I've, I've had relative success uh, because my things are very tactile. So people like, you know, you can pick them up, see them. Um, they, feel the they're weight great of gifts. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's easy to be like, 
uh, this would suit so and so. Yeah. Uh, it's either a yes or no with yes. my with my stuff. Um, you either love it or you just don't understand, and mm. that's totally. But great. The, I can't tell you the number of people every single time yeah. I wear your amazing large red glitter heart. Yeah. Somebody asks me about it. Yeah. And yeah. I, and I give your name and your and your big account, <laughs> which of course is fine, but it's quite difficult for them to remember. Yes, I know. <laughs> and I have had business cards printed, but yeah. I forgot to print them. <laughs> <laughs> but I really would happily yeah. you know, no, have some cool. in my in my in my piece yeah. because yeah. I am every single time. I work. But it's that physicality, isn't it? Like mm. I've been trying to take photographs of my stuff, and. Yeah, that's it's, that it's a tough, tough one. I'm thinking it needs to be videos, which is is easier in this day and age, being able to kind of post videos online, uh, you know, little glimpses. But mm. then that means that I've got to get, you know, I've got to wear it. Which yeah. my jewelry is is called Call Me Fee, so it is me, and that's totally fine. But it's that's another day of rather than coming home at the end of work and just taking some photos. So it's it's you know from a position of markets, I'm I'm disappointed that I'm not selling in that way because i love meeting people who are interested in things that i've made we are all the same yeah. you know if we find someone that's passionate about what we've done that's amazing and mm, it's that's nice the highlight that. of the day totally, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and that's not always the case um when you're selling mm. but at least the, the internet is just so anonymous yeah you know you can see some figures about how many people have visited and some things that they've clicked through and how they got there but that's it you look at a figure and you just shrug yeah. whether that's good or bad you know that's it but with a market you can you can get feedback live feedback you can see the see the yeah. look on their face yeah i mean you know sometimes it's five-year-old girls just like trying to edge their finger on the table to go can i attach this <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's equally as valid as a 35 year old woman going yeah i love colorful stuff too yeah <laughs> yeah um but yeah, we, we, this section was about kind of markets in particular, especially coming up to Christmas mm. um, and what, how, how that makes us feel um, and whether, whether it is an important factor that we should, whether I should bother next year. Not that yeah. we're going to make that decision, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Anyone else? Um, <laughs> I do feel, though, um, that because you have something mm. that it does a appeal to the gift-buying mm. market, it would it would probably be worth mm. yeah. a proper go. Yeah. Um, I, on the other hand, have decided not to do any markets. Uh, well, I say that loosely. I did apply to a couple that I got rejections from. But <laughs> <laughs> um, um, uh, the main reason is that the last two or three years I've been doing them, I just haven't been doing well enough to make them worthwhile anymore and I think a large part of that is because that that's not where my audience lies mm. I've realized um and I don't think I'm I've been selling gifty yeah. things yeah. um a lot of my stuff is sort of paper goods like stickers and prints and although prints can be gifty I think you've got to really love it to you know, hand over some money sometimes, and those um, gift fairs that it's kind of saturated with prints and things mm, like that. So mm. people are bombarded with choices, <laughs> um, and because my stuff's a bit geeky, it's it, definitely the people who really respond to it are people who 
are wearing like um, Pokemon t-shirts and um, <laughs> and one guy had a Calvin and Hobbes hoodie on which I really appreciated yes. that kind of geeky end of the spectrum which you don't know you don't actually see many of them at gift fairs so um and that's yeah it's about getting the footfall that's right for you yeah and I've loved this revelation that you've had over the last couple of months especially yeah. and I know it's been heartbreaking to have rubbish days at markets because it's really draining it is especially when it's outside and it's cold yeah, and yeah. My, I can't and feel my feet anymore <laughs> and you just go why am I doing this yeah and it, the only thing that saves it is is having that one or two people who really engage in it and really get it um but one or two people is not enough to stand there all day unfortunately (laughs) but um yeah I I mean whenever I've done them I have enjoyed them it's tiring and there's so much prep involved you've got you do have to make sure that it is right for you and that you are going to sell I would be really interested to know what the actual figures are for sales Mm. at the various markets because I don't think they collect that kind of information because obviously they're individual sellers and that that one of the things that you know that I find really um, tricky is there's little or no marketing done you go Mm. and you set up everyone has to have individual insurance so they there's they, they do nothing for you yeah. you just literally pay them some money and turn up with your table and and i think that in a in maybe in i wonder if in a town like bristol that people are a little bit they have a bit of market fatigue there's just so much of it and uh, i think the other thing that is really disheartening is what actually sells mm. at, at, at the market and i think there's lot you know there are there are there are people who do do it who are successful, but um, I'm not sure. It's it, I I have no interest. <coughs> Excuse me. I did I've done a couple a couple of years ago, and exactly as you say, I I got cold mm-hmm. and disheartened. People liked at uh, that time. I was um, making. Um, very simple gifts and uh, and and things from the fabric that I designed, and people loved it. They were attracted to the store. They came over, um, but they were absolutely not interested in buying. Partly, I was in the wrong type of market at the wrong place, so it was that was good learning. Um, and partly, it's because the um, price point was not right for that kind of market in yeah. on that you know in, in that kind of place so you're absolutely right Emily you have to fully understand who your customer is and where they want to find you and yeah. if your customer isn't trotting around a market mm. on a Saturday on the run up to Christmas and let's face it most of the people who are doing that I mean, I'm not sure that they've come with money in their pockets to buy. And yeah. if they have, they've not come with, um, you know, they've certainly not come with 90 quid to 150 quid for, to buy one of my pieces. No. So, my, you know, my market isn't isn't there. Yeah, unless you have, unless you're, what you're selling is something that people can pick up and buy right away, then... No, it's no. probably not the place for you. Exactly. Um, because at, especially at that price, price point, people will 
want to consider it and make sure it's right and have a think about it for quite some time probably before they make that decision and you can make smaller prints obviously mm. and you can make cards and stuff but if that's the case then I'm more than happy to let someone take a yeah. percentage of my um, profit and then stick those in and frankly actually not hand print them because people actually not that interested in a hand printed card not many people even care no they don't so i might as well um have a hundred printed at 40p a pop Mm. and sell them for whatever and shove them into a shop who will take 50 percent of my profit but it's not you know but it's passive yeah effectively well sort of yeah I mean, I think that's really important that you have to you have to do your sums and then you have to figure out your different um, products and your price points. Yeah. Um, have to know your numbers. Yeah, and I think I have far l- less emotionally invested in something that I have had print, you know, that I've made and <coughs> printed than something that I've either physically printed myself or hand sewn myself. Mm. Then I, I have an emotional investment with that. That's that's my time as, and my energy and my creativity. And to have someone walk by, pick it up, say they can get it, something similar in Ikea for yeah. Fiverr, which did happen to me on one of the markets. And I just thought, you're <laughs> right, you're absolutely right, you can do that, but this isn't that product. But I realised that's not, that's not that, it's nothing to do with that individual, it's not their fault, they're absolutely, you know, they're absolutely correct. And if that's what they want, yeah, that's fair absolutely fair enough. Mm. But it's not where my no <coughs> where my people are, where my peoples are. No, I had um, somebody come up to me at a market when I used to make handmade toys. Um, absolutely incredulous at the price. Like, why are these so expensive? <laughs> and I was like, because well, I've hand made it. And he was like, didn't just did not understand the difference between what I was making. And what was, you know... Available in the pound shop. Yeah. And I remember that. I remember you having that frustration. And I think I think part of it was the conclusion that they were expecting it to be a toy for a child. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Um, and that speaks out, again, to the fact that you are... No longer That was not your market. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, yeah. And actually, your market has always been people like you. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, people like each of us. Yeah. That's why we create what we like because there are other people. That yeah, are like there us. are other people like us who are, um, who would love it. And those people don't shop in those places. Yeah, no. oh, what a lesson. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I didn't realise it before. <laughs> no, I'm getting it too. Yeah. <laughs> well, absolutely. I mean, would you have uh, friends up in London? There's a brilliant maker, uh, felt mistress who makes. Yeah, I love her stuff. Mm. I've got some of her. Oh, work. have you? Have you not ever seen <laughs> the stuff? That I've done a look. Yeah, I love her work. Mm. Um, it's incredible, and you won't be buying one of Louise Evans's pieces mm. for twopence halfpenny. That's for sure, because yeah. she is an artist, and they are incredible pieces. Um, and yeah, so you know, and I would say that uh, your creatures are towards that end. That's of, the way I would like. To yeah. start moving, yeah. So you but the, have that to develop strategies to get to your market. Yeah, you have like okay, here's here's my here are my here are my customers. This is my product. What is my strategy to get 
this product into those people's mm. hands and that's all you do mm. um, and so for me markets are I'm not that's a side issue I don't know whether yeah. this is a common common thing with people like us but I think um, it took me a long time to get there because I guess I was trying to do what everybody else is doing and selling my stuff for less so I could sell more mm. But I'm just I'm finally starting to realise that actually that's not that's not the way it actually works. I've been trying to do that for years and not really getting anywhere with no, it. It's disheartening and it's it undervalued. Is. I think same for me, I've but I was just trying to understand what was out there. So yeah. a slightly different approach. Mm. I did the markets as a as an exercise and I learned what I needed to learn and thought I'm never doing that again. Um I and then I uh, entered into the RWA as a, you know, an exercise. And then I thought, actually, mm. that's, I need to do more of that. Uh, because had I, had I had a bit more <laughs> courage, I would have put in the three other prints uh, of that edition right. and I might have sold all <coughs> or four yeah. and then that would have been a much more interesting uh, proposition um, so I know that I definitely want to submit to the RWA next year and more than one piece mm. whether you get any or not is, you know. but that if I do that they will be editioned and more will be available they take 35%, which is really low in comparison to, um, I think, certainly shops. Yeah. And um, galleries, I think that's about that, that's about right. Um, and I'm doing a group exhibition next year at Centre Space, just mm. after your solo. <laughs> <laughs> With other printmakers, and that's another way. And there, and there will be additions and there will be prints of that available there because I guess people who walk into galleries to see print are more likely then to uh, you know to want to buy and then um, Spike Island has their own um, show print shows and stuff which uh, I, um, I will um, be a bit more bold about um, next year too so that that's the way that I'm going to go, and then um, and then sell myself directly by putting stuff on my um, Instagram and by sorting out my yeah. website and getting that yeah. underway. And the same with the um, with the with the fabric design. Um, just do it in a small artisan way. That's the only way I can get my head around it. And just I think it's about having the that. Courage to crack on and do that. We were talking about markets. Um, there are trails that mm. go on all over Bristol. I think that that's a much better proposition for mm. um, for us and probably for our other artists. They're quite difficult to get onto. So I. I've only ever seen them advertised. I have never participated okay. as a creative or gone to them. Can you yeah. can you explain 
Yeah. So I don't even know if it's just a Bristol thing. I like, know, I suspect they have them in other RT towns as well, but in Bristol there are a few. So there is the North Bristol Arts Trail, which is the one around here. Totterdown one is one, I can't remember what it's called. Mm. I went to, um, so I uh, went to both this year. And they are different venues. Um some are some of the venues are like in a church hall and there's a bunch of people mm. just a bit like a craft fair and they set up so, some of them have them in their uh, house mm. in the house and you go and you have a look so um, I went and saw um, my tutor Anna Mara is a brilliant um, printer and uh, she had her set up in the kind of front room of her friend's beautiful little um, house in, in Tottenham. And there were a couple of other people showing work there. And just uh, potter in and have a look and a little chat. Um, and she said that she did quite well. And Anna's work is, uh, is not, um, you know, cheap. Uh, it's, it's not expensive for what it is but it you know in terms of people handing over um, cash now she's a an established artist and that might be part mm. of it but um but yeah uh so and there's one here i think there's a, i think there's a few and yeah. the, um and the, so i think it's i don't have a problem with markets per se i just have a problem i just it's not a, i don't have a problem with them at all in fact I just know that I need to that for that you need to find the one where your work is going to um, meet the people who want it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And like it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that uh, so I would very much like to do the North Bristol, the, the, this yeah. hall, the Hawfield one, um, and, and and I didn't realise, but St Peter's Hospice is one of the venues. Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't seen I haven't seen the manager. <laughs> Um, for listeners, uh, Lou, Lou uh, volunteers. <laughs> yes, sorry, I do. Yeah, I, I, I volunteer. Um, uh, so there's a huge connection there. <laughs> and overlap. So just like, do you have to live in like a catchment area to do that, or could I do uh, that with you? Or you're you're probably, probably I don't yeah. know how far down it goes. Um, I think I'm, it we- goes. I'm like west. I don't know, but Class you could do west. it with me. Yeah. If we decided Give to do it, it here, but I'm thinking that I would. I'm going to try and get on, and I'll do next year. I'll do it and try and do it at the St Peter's Hospice um, one, or even outside of it. It's like if he's putting art on the wall. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <coughs> because I'd much rather them take thirty five percent and it go to St Peter's Hospice. Yeah. Mm. That'd be amazing. That would be totally. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't think of it before, really. Um, but <laughs> Notes down. Yeah. <laughs> so there are, <clears throat> I think, and there, I think as well in terms of slightly uh, moving on from um, markets on or offline, um, there are also lots of shops in Bristol mm. that uh, yeah. where you can sell your wares and again it's finding the right ones um, which is which is tricky or I'm ones that will take you because I've had a couple of 
um, we've got enough stuff, thanks. Yeah, Colab had were stuffed to the gunnels, weren't they, by the time yeah. you asked them? Yeah. yeah. Um, that's a big part, for me, that's a big part of the problem, mm. is I'm not sure who goes in and buys in Colab, number one. Yeah. Um, also... Um, a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the shops are absolutely crammed, full of staff. Mm. I'm not sure how people. Well, when we when we first started meeting, um, it was one of our big encouragements to stop M selling in a particular shop, yeah. because it was just so full and so haphazard in terms of how it was being presented. There was no curation. Yeah. There was no care, and so therefore. It was kind of lucky if you had a sale. Yeah, it was. It um, was. Or, or lucky if you realised that that thing over there is the same artist that was that thing over on yeah. the other side of the shop. I've never understood why... Sh- I, I understand um, distributing uh, things of the same type, but I, I've never understood why a lot of these shops distribute an artist's items throughout the shop rather than keeping them all together. Um but yeah, that was one of the big problems. Was that um, it? It was it was full. We and did the sums. Though, we did we did do the sums. You were also expected to do a certain amount of uh, time in yeah, the shop. Yeah, I, I think it was two days a month yeah, that I was like doing, and in return for that, I think I got slightly less commission taken off my sales, but it wasn't enough to warrant like the amount of time I was sat in there. Um, yeah, and it it was it was a bit of um, a shambles, really. It's like being in there wasn't much fun because I didn't know where anything was, or like <laughs> some some of the things didn't even um, would would have lost their prices, yeah. and uh, yeah, it was. And you'd be there by yourself, so there wasn't anybody mm. to ask. And yeah, it was. I've often found um, a big problem with putting my stuff in shops is then you've got to manage it uh, because you'll find that the people running them don't have time to deal with individuals so you're the one who's got to chase them for the money and chase them to see if they need any more stock and yeah yeah. and and if you've got your stuff in enough shops it becomes a big task in itself Mm. just to manage those um, and some things. artists do. Um, Emmeline Simpson uh, is a, a local artist, and she has uh, her work. You, everywhere you go, you'll see Em's stuff. Yeah. Um, and she's really on it, and she sells, and that's how she, you know, she makes her living. And she works really hard. Mm. I was going to say that's well. time and effort, there. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, she is works really, paid off, but really it's, hard, and she's it's... she's incredibly shrewd about it, and um, she's. Uh, I think quite quite hard nosed about what she creates and what she puts um, puts out as mm. well. I I don't know how much. Um, she's a busy working, you know, mom and artist, but I don't know how much time she has for like me fluffing about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's about probably not she, a lot. She, she may, she and she will know. I bet you any money, Emily will know what her best-selling lines are. And that's coming back shop. to knowing your numbers as well, yeah, isn't it? Like absolutely. you've, you've really got to be. Have to treat it like a business. You've really got to know 
what you're selling, what your profit margins are, to be able to judge whether these things are the right right places for you to yeah. be, especially when they are going to charge 50% commission. 50% commission feels so huge to me. It I does, me it, too. I really wail around that. Um, uh, there are places that don't um, take as much, I'm sure. Yeah. But, but it does for, it forces it. you to put up your prices to the point where they don't it just doesn't sell. So it, it's it's it just goes full circle then. You e- yeah, you either sell them at the pr- at the um, same price as you sell them online and take a lot less profit if any profit or you put your price up for that particular shop. But also, I'm not sure how much advice or information you get from from the shop themselves about what kinds of things are, you know, a good fit for the yeah. shop. What kinds of things sell? Whether you should uh, swap in or out of your lines? Mm. What even what they're marketing this month? Um, do you know what I mean? Or yeah. what, what would be good for you to? I don't think they. I don't think they do. They. It really is just a box, and then you get to put stuff in. Mm. Um, I maybe be doing them really yeah. a big disservice, but and there, and there are new ones and and different ones, and there's changes, and and maybe that's a reflection of what's of that reaction in terms of the ones that I it is like, a bubble. It can't yeah. it can't sustain in no, that way. It can't. No. The ones that I like uh, tend to be the smaller ones that don't ha- that aren't absolutely crammed full of stuff. They're well curated. Uh, well curated, but they tend to be. Um, Run, they tend to be collective, so mm. they're not there for uh, anyone else to prance up and put their um, put their stuff in. Yeah. There's a couple along um, Gloucester Road. Fig is one of them. Paper. I want to say paper chase. It can't be paper that. plane. Paper plane. But I don't know that they take. Yeah. Um, you know, other artists. So I don't know how you. But those ones have like a clear aesthetic. They as have well, a very they? clear aesthetic. They have a very clear um, what they're selling is mm. very clear. They have a very clear offering. There's a couple along there that are really, really, really good. That's I often would, that's often the problem that I've had in terms of like I don't really fit into any no, any of the popular aesthetics <laughs> at the moment, and that's why I keep getting rejections yeah. from places as well because I don't I don't fit into that that. The trending sort of illustrative no, style. No, I keep saying to you, um, you because you can you can do anything. You can illustrate anything, and so you could create a number of products that are absolutely in the sweet spot. Yeah, and that are a, you know a, a set of things that are about your bread and you know bread and butters. Like I was saying about Emmeline, I, I think Emmeline, she may do other work. But her stuff is absolute. People buy it. It's balloons and and mm. the bridge and you know Bristol, <laughs> Bristol, yeah. But she sells a ton of it mm. because that's what people are buying. You could do something that was very still, very much <coughs> your style, mm. but in that sweet spot, and yeah. then you would get. And the fact of the matter is that then gets your name out there and your brand out mm. there, and then people come looking and they know your stuff. The difficulty is about getting pigeonholed into an area, into a yeah. style that you don't want to do. I always think of that, like with all Akili. I just think sometimes she must think, "Oh my God, I 
just want to do some figurative trees. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I want to do a portrait. I want to do because I'm sure that woman has huge, you know, chops, mm. and there she is doing simple freaking you know, yeah. leaves and and heavily, <laughs> highly stylized graphics. That's the danger, isn't it? It's, it's fair enough if it's something that you want to do, but if you do get stuck with something that's really successful but it's, it's yeah we're kind of game. wandering into a different subject area yeah. and i think that actually we could pick that up at a yeah diff- at a yeah, yeah we could so there's a lot uh, to the, the, talk about there finding your style and whether you need to have a style and what the and the pressures are because i i feel that quite a lot and i think that would be a really interesting thing to unpack at an, uh, another time mm. i feel that we didn't maybe do christmas markets and fairs <laughs> <laughs> I, I think our general our general feeling about it is is that they are can be excellent if you have the right product and if the, yeah. and if your customer is uh, is there um, and that for us it's probably a fairly large no mm. yeah maybe think, not so much you yeah, fee, but yeah. it's about energy and time for you. yeah totally and I guess um, you know, we're we're having this discussion as on a podcast um for other creatives to maybe listen and i guess we're kind of saying to them it's all right if you don't go and do that either yeah like like okay we've wandered down the street because we also then ask ask the question well where do we sell our stuff yeah but the big thing that i would like to say is don't feel that if you have done markets and feel like you failed or you want to do markets but you're not sure that they're your thing that's okay yeah because actually you're not necessarily making for that market of people. Mm. Um, and I, if that's the only conclusion that we can come to in terms of our discussion of market, mm. Christmas markets especially, then I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. I think for me, the, the main, the, the really big take, the massive takeout, which will, you know, which I will I constantly bang on on about, as, uh, as does uh, M, is that, you have to understand who your customer is mm. and that's and that's not some airy fairy nonsense idea you need to have a profile of your of your customer you need to know where they hang out what they like to do who their friends are what newspapers they're all that you know that juicy marketing stuff that stuff is incredibly valuable because when you know that then you understand how to communicate with them when to communicate with them and you also start to understand which of your products and then how to ask them about um, those products and making stuff because you think it's pretty is fantastic if you are a pure artist if you are a creative business then you have to start thinking about what it is that your customer wants. So where what you like to make and what they like to buy actually meets. And you need to be quite hard-nosed and you need to make sure that you're creating products and, uh, and, and finding out where they will, um, where they will, where they will find you. Mm. That might be a market and that depends on your customer and the products that you make. Or it could be online, or it could be at a gallery. You know, there are any number of ways. But just throwing it at a wall and wishing and hoping and getting upset because it's not happening is not going to move you forward. 
mm. we all know that because mm. we've all been in exactly that place, haven't we? Yeah. You know, I made it. It's beautiful. Nobody wants it. Yeah. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've all been there, and we and go you know, round and round in circles. Yeah, yeah it does, and it there there are definitely ebbs and flows as well. There's like those months where I sell quite a bit on Etsy, and then months where I don't at all. So, yeah. So this is this is where we say on the podcast that we have got an Instagram um, uh, at Girl Collective Double R with a girl. Um, girl, girl, um, um, and if you either have something that you're really excited about and want to share with us, then we'd love to. But also, if you um, are part of that Venn diagram where we overlap with what you're doing, we'd love to to see what you're doing because it's yeah, it'll be excited to be celebrating going down the other routes you know we have very three different looks and dynamics of what we do mm. and if there's other people out there that overlap with us that yeah. would be interesting oh look at that look chatting away <laughs> so well done for making it to the end of our podcast thank you for sticking with us um, it's been a great uh, evening of catching up and, and reminding us that we are worth uh, our creative essences. Um, <laughs> or some, some nonsense like that. Put that on a, a poster, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we're, I'm personally a bit overtired now. Maybe yeah. That's, that's <laughs> I think that's why I messed up. Um, shall I try again? Go again. Yeah. Uh, and thank you very much. Welcome to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for getting here. Um, <laughs> this is our third outro because <coughs> the cough so have got to us, um, which is totally fine. Um, we've enjoyed our evening of, of catching up and chatting creatively um, until our next time. Um, my name is Fiona Williams, and um, you can catch me and my work um, on my Instagram, which is callmefeed.uk. I'm Emily J. Taylor, and you can catch me on my Instagram at ejits, that's E-J-I-T-S. And I'm Louise David, and my Instagram is luliloves.u, L-U-L-I-L-O-V-E-S-Y-O-U. And you can collect... You can connect with all of us at our girl. <laughs> you can collect. You can collect, <laughs> all all collect us all. Um, <laughs> you can connect with us all at the our girl collective Instagram, which is G R R L Collective. I can't spell the whole thing. <laughs> anyway, thank you and good night. Say and speak and spell. <laughs> Girl Collective. Girl Collective.